Coming up on Unpacked. I didn't think it was real because mm. it had never affected me. Nobody thought of checking him for COVID. I actually also had COVID. And then my sister then started getting sick. Like you can see she's fighting with death. When they took her to the hospital, she was mm. starting to breathe. They called us and said, indeed, it's confirmed that the cause of death was related to COVID. My, my life just shattered on that day. Losing your loved ones to COVID. This has been the reality of so many. Today's guests are here to share their stories. Let's unpack. Zagiti Koza was among the hundreds of thousands of South Africans to test positive for COVID-19 during the first wave in 2020. He was fortunate enough to recover. However, shortly after two members of his family contracted the virus, they encountered a different fate. Entering into a new year fills many with new hopes and dreams. However, for Nongrem Gwaba, the aspirations with her family took a different turn for her family members who were diagnosed with COVID right at the start of the year 2021. She did not anticipate what this bumpy start to the year would mean for the rest of her life. These are their stories. Let's unpack. Sagiti, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Nonke, the same to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Sagiti, I'm going to start with you. When were you first introduced to this whole concept of COVID? When did you even hear it was a reality for us in South Africa? Um, I think I started to hear about it in about 20, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So that was a 2019. Yes, yes. I mean, everything is going so quickly now. So it's 2019. Mm. And I think initially I thought it was, you know, I didn't think it was real because Mm. it had never affected me. Mm. And um, it only became real when I contracted it. Mm. So I had gone to my local barber. Um, He was not feeling well. Um, I remember asking him and saying, man, you work with so many people. Why don't you, you know, take time off because I can see that you're not well, you know? And, and what, what were you seeing that was not well? Was he, he just was, tired? He was, his eyes were red. He was sneezing and coughing. You know, it was, he didn't, he wasn't okay. And this was before everybody had to wear masks? This is when everybody had to wear masks. Okay, so yeah. he had a mask on, but he was yeah, feeling sick. Yeah, he was feeling very sick. I said to him, why don't you take time off, you know, because, you know, money, you can still make money, but if mm-hmm. you pass away, that's the end of it, you know? And um, a few days after that, I started to feel very unwell. Mm. You know, I remember coming home that evening, I said to my wife, you know, I'm not okay. And what were mentally, you feeling I you was, not okay? my joints were not okay. I was aching. Mm. My throat was, you know, it was terrible. And uh, I said to her, let's social distance, you know. Mm. Um, so I took my stuff and I started to sleep in a different room, you know. Um, but I didn't have the results as yet at that particular time. But I just felt that something was not okay. But the final straw was when I couldn't taste you know, mm. I've, I've, I love chicken. There's, a, you know, a famous eatery, a chicken spot where I like to eat. And I was eating the chicken there and I couldn't taste anything. Oh, and that's when I knew that something is not wrong. So I went to test and indeed my results came back positive. So and, that's when it became real. And you feel that you most likely got it from your barber? I'm 100% sure I yeah. got it from him. Yeah. yeah. When were you first introduced to the whole idea of covid um, I actually also had COVID, so um, we, I was working um, this, so 
basically I'm originally from Durban, but mm. I'm in Joba because of working and we were on set shooting a show and one of the guests had come in, had COVID. So we had to all go um, quarantine for like five days. How did you how did you know that 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 they that they had COVID? Um they had they had sent a text to the content people that um I just tested positive for COVID. As in after they had after left. they had left oh, okay. the, the set. So then we were told to quarantine, um, isolate ourselves for five days and then test. And then when I tested, my results came back positive. So my mother came all the way. This was in 2019, yeah. Mm. She came all the way to Joburg to fetch me and she took me home and I was quarantining at oh, home after okay. that. But like we all had masks on and there yes. was like a whole shield situation because mm. I live alone. So yes. she's like, it was not going to work. Yeah, so mm. in that time, though, were you experiencing any symptoms prior to I getting was, the results? I literally lost, uh, I had a, like a scratchy, vo- scratchy voice, um, scratchy throat, I mean. And another thing was I was tired. Like I was mm. really, really tired. Like I, I couldn't like get up. Then I lost my sense of taste, my sense of smell for like the whole 14 days. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, both of you then experienced COVID. Mm. Um, in terms of yourself, you who was in the household at the time while you were uh, isolating? Um, I went in an isolated home. Um, it wasn't practical to isolate where I stay. Mm. Um, so I went back home because they've got outside rooms. Oh, okay. Um, so it was my father and my mother and um, my sister's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister was still around then, so... You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I was isolating alone. It was it was very difficult, I must say, because um, I think my family did not understand COVID as well. You know, mm-hmm. so I remember one time my wife came to see me, and my sister's daughter was coming from school. So she sees my wife sitting, obviously from a distance, but we are sitting, mm-hmm. you know, in the same type of, not in the same room. It was outside, mm-hmm. um, and she gave this look of shock to say, "How dare you sit next to this guy?" You know. Because there was so much, you know, there was so much knowledge, you know, misinformation around mm. it, you know. There still is, there still interestingly is. enough. There still is, mm. there still is. So I, I quarantined at home. Um, everybody was scared. I don't want to lie to you. It was very difficult. I think I came out of the situation also a bit angry because I thought, you know, this is my family. If my family is this scared, mm. then what can I expect from people that are not my family? So the one person who really went, you know, out of the out of his you know out of his way was my father so let me ask you a question uh, just on that of um the way people were so scared yeah did it become a thing because i've heard this has happened where mm. the community now sort of ostracizes your family because COVID. did you did you experience that, that as well you know i think the most painful part was there was yeah i mean family friends neighbors around mm. um during that period um it was very difficult for them to come to the house Mm. For, for any reason. So it was very difficult. You felt alone mm. and very much ostracized. Did you also feel quite isolated being at home? And who was at, who was at home with you while you were quarantining? Um, actually, I was happy to be at home because <clears throat> we were all following um, protocol with the isolation because I was isolating in my room. Mm. And they'd bring me food. They'd leave it outside the door. Mm. And then I'd open the door once they've cleared and take my stuff, then sanitize everything, and then close. Mm. So when I go shower as well, I'd sanitize the whole bathroom. And because we all obviously live in one house, mm. but we're still isolating. And nobody actually contracted COVID from when I had COVID. Mm. So I was happy to be home because my little brother would like, um, after school, he'd come to the window and we'd have like 
a fat chat about what happened mm. at school. I'm not okay. So I think it was good for me to be at home. And mm. at that time, nobody knew. So we just kept it amongst the family. We just kept it moving. And yeah, mm. so mm. I don't... I don't think I had any issues when I had COVID, no. Mm, mm. So what then transpired because you had COVID, now you're at home, mm-hmm. um, there's other people living in the house. What mm. was the next thing that happened? Well, um, I recovered mm. from the COVID um, because I got sick in August. Mm. Um, so I recovered, got well, went back to work, went back to where I stay. Um, but the, the, the problem started in November. Mm. Um, when my father started feeling very unwell, you know. He couldn't pinpoint what it was. He wasn't coughing. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have your typical COVID symptoms mm. besides for just feeling very unwell. But he couldn't pinpoint what the, re- the actual problem was. So after a few days of being ill, um, I said to my wife, you know what, please take him to the doctor. So we took him to a doctor and the doctor checked him and they said that um, his heartbeat is very low. Mm. So they suspect that he has a heart condition. Mm. So we got the message to say, Dad has a heart condition and everybody was panicking. Um, so it's myself, it's two brothers and my sister. So it's a family of four siblings. So my sister decided that because my mom is elderly and my mm. dad was sick at the point, that she's going to leave her house mm. and come and stay at home so that she can help with my dad, you know. Mm. And dad just kept on getting worse, you know, worse and worse. We went for a second, um, a second opinion and still it didn't come up. Nobody thought of checking him for COVID. And what what was the second opinion? Was it also heart condition? They still said it was a heart condition, Mm. yeah. And then my sister then started getting sick. And she went down very rapidly. Mm. I think within a week, she went from being okay to completely out, you know. And what do you mean, just so we can paint the picture, much as everybody knows the list of potential Mm. symptoms that you Mm. can have. Mm. When you say unwell, Mm. what was your sister showing yeah. and what was she experiencing? She, she, it started off with a fever, mm. um, followed by um, coughing, you know, mm. the type of cough that you can feel that this person is, is, is very, very sick. And then she lost her voice. Mm. Then suddenly she could not speak anymore. And the thing also with her is that she's, she's a very, she likes natural things, you know. Mm. So she used a lot of Chinese medicines, you know, and she was not about Western medication. Mm. So getting her to hospital or going to hospital in her mind was the very last option for her. Mm. So mm. she drank a lot of stuff, you know, thinking she'll get better. Mm. And it was a Monday. Um, my wife and myself worked together. So we had a presentation at a school. And around about 12, half past 12, my niece calls me. And she, you know, it's one of those calls you don't expect because my sister got sick the night before Mm. and she had been taken to hospital. Oh, so this happened quite quickly. It happened quickly. Mm. You know, she got to hospital and the doctor said, you know what, she's going to be okay. She's in good hands. Go home and we'll we'll contact you in the morning too. And they never said what it is or what it could be? No. Mm. And at about half past 12, you know, we're expecting to go to the hospital that afternoon to go check up on her Mm. because she had been admitted the previous day. Mm. And I got the call at half past 12 and it's my niece and she just says, my mother is is gone, you know. And I could not believe it, you know. And I'm in the middle of a presentation. I had to apologize to everyone and say, you know, I just got news that my sister is is late. Mm. And I immediately left and went home. And I think the first thing that came to my mind was to ask my mother, you know, because they're the ones that took her to the hospital with my brother, mm. to say, you know, you never gave us a sense that she's sick to death. Yes. You know, I just got a sense that she's sick. Mm. But I'd go and check up on her and it would be business as usual. But uh, I was angry, you know. Mm. I, I didn't know who to blame. And I remember I asked it probably 30, 40 times, you know, what went wrong? 
you know. And how, I mean, how long would you say it took from her getting sick to her going to the hospital? Seven days. Seven days. Seven so days. in those seven days, the condition was sort of deteriorating, but yeah. the impression you got is yeah. she's just unwell. Yeah. It was not like this is serious. No, it wasn't a she's, she could, she could yeah. die type of a situation. No. Yes, yes. I just felt she probably would go into hospital, get oxygen, you know, stay a few days and then she'd be out. Yes. Know? And what, what was it that the doctor said now? Because you got the news yeah. and then at some point, I'm assuming you all went to the hospital. We did. We did. Yes. So they said to us, um, because when we got there, she was struggling to breathe. When they took her to the hospital, she was mm. struggling to breathe. So apparently she complicated in the night mm. and they took her to a different ward mm. and she was putting on double oxygen. Um, but still, it, it didn't help. And, and you, they never gave you a phone call to say, guys, it's looking bad in the middle no, of the night? No. Mm, mm, no. Mm. no. Um, the, uh, when now she's late, what did the doctors say happened? Because they're saying to you that it got complicated mm. in the middle of the night, yeah. and then what happened? They, well, at that point, um, it wasn't confirmed that she had COVID. So we couldn't get the body until they took tests to, to confirm that indeed it was COVID. So, so what were the doctors thinking was happening the whole time that they were tending to her? It was, it was a mess. Obviously with hospitals, we can't have access to the hospitals because of COVID at the time. Yeah. So we are not able to go in and you know, ask the mm. questions. The, the casualty of the hospital was, was a war zone. Mm. You know? I remember one of my painful things you know, during that period is seeing a mother um, she was sitting on a stretcher mm. and she had a boy on, the, on her lap. He was struggling to breathe. He had oxygen, but he was pulling at everything, pulling at her. Mm. You could see that he was really, you know, it was a war zone. To get a doctor mm. to sit down with you at that point was very, real difficult. Mm. So I think with regards to closure, that is one of the things that has made it very difficult for me personally. I know with the whole family as well, mm. for us to get closure because no one really sat us down to say, this is actually what happened. We just know mm. she complicated. And the next thing we know is that she passed away. You know? Sure. And and obviously at that point, it wasn't really a situation where you can just go in and no. see her and identify her. No. So what was it that happened, especially for the people that are watching that don't have a clear picture of the realities mm. that people face when you lose a loved one to COVID? Yeah, so... From, from the time that you got the phone call from the hospital. Yeah, so we went to the hospital. Um, the first time that we went, um, we were not allowed to, you know engage with them because it was just not conducive at the time. So we were given a time that we needed to come back with my brothers. So we went there and they said to us, we need to test her. Okay, we've tested her. So we need to get the results before we can... Posthumously. Posthumously. Mm. So before we can release the body, we need to know if indeed it was COVID. Mm. And then later on the day, I think it was four, they called us and said, indeed, it's confirmed that the cause of death was related to COVID. Mm. And then they then released the body to the mortuary. And then the next day we were able to go to identify her. So we and had, how does that work we when ident- it's COVID? We identified it through a glass. You know, mm. there was a glass partition. So they kind of come with the body. They open up one bag, two bags, three bags, four bags. I think it was five bags all in total. And, you know, you, you almost get a sense that uh, it's not a human that was there. You know, it was mm. just... Uh, I don't know, it was painful, you know. Just the bags, them opening the bags, I felt like she was just this contaminated, dirty thing that, you know, in my mind, it was very painful to go through that process. And eventually they got to the last bag and they opened it up. So the reason they were going through bags is because they didn't know which one she was in? No, 
No, they didn't know which one she was in. So why were I'm just they saying opening... that when someone has COVID at mm. that point, mm. they put her in, they put the person in a lot of body bags oh. because of, at the time, they thought that the body exposed, there's a lot of exposure yeah. that happens. So they don't put her like in a normal person when you pass away from a natural cause other than COVID, you just go into one body bag. Mm. But if it's COVID, they put you in five body bags. I understand. So I understand. they were opening the body bags. I understand. But before you could get to see the person, they had mm. to open up five body bags. Sure. So there she was, and yeah, then we we very we identified mm. that indeed it was her. And how would you describe that moment, especially to people who have never had to go through the process of identifying a loved one? It was my first time. Mm. It was painful, you know. Um, you know, the, the, the most painful thing is you know the person eight days ago, they were alive and well. Mm. And you were speaking to this person and they were okay. Well, not okay, but they were relatively mm. in, alive and in good health, you know. And then fast forward to 10 or so days forward, the person is, is lifeless, you know. It's, it's painful. It's, it's, it's a feeling that you can never explain. And I think with COVID as well, it, it, it makes it worse because mm. you don't get to, you know, go through that process mm. properly. Mm. It's just rushed open. Is this her? Yes, it's her. And mm. then close, 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 and that's it. And after now you've identified, what happens to the body? They take the body and they take it back to, to the freezer. And um, in terms of you as a family, mm. were you able to follow the cultural practices? No, no. Sure. You can't wash the body, you can't do anything. So basically what they say is you get to see the body once. Mm. So once they close after you viewed, then that's it. You'll never get an opportunity to actually see the body again. So um, you then have given two options. The first option is the body goes directly to the cemetery. Mm. And then once you are done with the funeral procession and the program, you all then go when you meet the body there. Mm. Or they can bring the body at the end of the program, but the mm. body does not leave the hearse. Mm. So you kind of have a funeral procession with no casket, and right at the end, the body comes, and you can't explain that feeling. Mm. You know, it, you can't explain it. It's, it's just too painful. Is there anybody um, that didn't get an opportunity from your family to see her for a final uh, time? The only people that saw is my three brothers. So my mother didn't see her, her mm. daughter. Um, she has a 16-year-old daughter who is struggling right now mm. to deal with it, mm. you know. That's very heavy. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, with her, obviously, um, the, well, she doesn't know the father, you know. Mm. So um, it's, I think for her, it was, it's very difficult. She, 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 she wanted that closure. Mm. And some of the things that she says, which we are trying to obviously organize, is for her to actually go to the burial site, you know? Mm. Because mm. she just says, if I can just see where you, you know, just see mm. the burial site on my own so that I can vent and talk to God and just... So she never even got an opportunity to have a funeral and an, a, a, a send-off? No. Mm. Mm. no. So on your side, uh, Nonke, I mean, after you got sick, what was the next thing that happened? Um, everything was okay, actually. So I come from a family of fi five people. Yeah, there's five of us. So it's my grandmother. My grandmother gave birth to two daughters. Mm -hmm. My mother, who's the eldest, and then Umamnanwami, my aunt. And then my mothers both gave birth to one one daughter. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was just us and then my niece, because my sister has a child now. 
So everything's relatively okay. My aunt lives in the US. She's, she's like, everything's fine. January 2021, okay, December 2020, my aunt comes home mm -hmm. um, with her husband um, on vacation. I go away with my boyfriend at the time. When I come back on the 3rd of Jan, everybody's sick, like my mm. whole family. Mm. Um, and I'm so confused as to what's going on. Like, I can see people are sick, but they, I'm not, I don't think they're sick, sick, but they're sick. Mm. So I'm like, okay, let's get tested. Um, let's try and see what happens. Um, on the Wednesday, my aunt gets tested. I think that was on the 6th. Yeah, she mm. gets tested. She tests positive. And now I'm like, okay, that means everybody must go into quarantine or go mm. test after her because she was the one who started showing symptoms first. So she was based in an Airbnb with her husband and we were at home. All mm. of us were at home. Um, so eventually on that day, they were going to go get tested the next day because it was late when we found mm. out. And my grandmother was really sick. Like she was so, like she was just weak. And on, on that night, when she went to the bathroom, she fell. Mm. When I get out, um, she's on the floor. I'm like, what's happening? Like, what's going on? Then I took the executive decision. I'm like, okay, guys, everybody's going into quarantine now. Um, my sister and my grandmother shared, shared the room, quarantined together. My mother quarantined in her room, and I was with the child. Mm. Um, so I woke up in the morning. I was basically the nurse the whole mm. time. Nothing in my head said I should call someone to come and help me. Like, I didn't even tell anyone that they were sick. Like, we just all just kept quiet about it because I thought they were going to be fine. Mm. And especially because I've been through it before. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to make mm. it. Hey, COVID is a demon because... My house was so dark, like, during mm. that period of time, and I could see that there's something that's going to go down. I just wasn't sure he, mm. what exactly is going to happen. Mm. Mm. Okay, four or five days. Um, my mother's not eating, and she's on chronic medication, so that sucks already. She's mm. weak. And nothing still says, take these people to hospital, like, do something. No, my aunt had asthma. So now she's on chronic medication and they're struggling to eat. And this thing needs you to eat so your immune system can digest the pills and whatever. So, okay, fast forward. It's the 13th of Jan. It's 10 days later. My grandmother and my sister are, are relatively okay. They've, they've recovered. They look like they've recovered. My mother, on the other hand... Um, it wasn't looking good, but she was so strong because she drove to the hospital. She drove to the doctor on that day. Um, she drove herself to the doctor that day um, just to go get tested because they ended up not getting tested. Mm. I don't know if she was in denial or what was happening, but she left and went to go get tested. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I have COVID," and she came back. And then she was like, "Okay, today we're gonna have Nando's for supper." I'm like, "Okay, why?" It's like, "No, you've been working so hard, so maybe you don't need like." just order out and whatever. I'm also going to try eat. I'm going to get better. Everything's going to be fine. Um, around 7 o'clock, we receive a call from my uncle, my aunt's husband, and he says she wants to come home. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, fine. Then we all decide that they're all going to go quarantine in my grandmother's room. Like, why didn't we think of that in the first place? Because um, I think my grandmother only survived because my sister was there. Mm. Like... My sister pushed her to eat, pushed mm. her. So 
when you're alone, I, I would see my mother, she'd be thinking, like you can see she's fighting with death. Like mm. I could see every day that this woman is fighting. Mm. Mm. <sighs> I'm very sorry. Mm. So my aunt comes home. They're all quarantined. We put another mattress in my grandmother's bed, bedroom. Um, it was hot, so we had the aircon on as well. And um, I'm putting my niece to sleep. She's two years old. But she's so restless. She doesn't want to sleep. Like, she's restless. She's tossing and turning. And that's making me anxious now because, obviously, we are born with ink and am uneasy. Something's about to happen. Yeah. Eight o'clock, my aunt walks into my house. Half past 11 p.m. on the 13th, my mother calls me. She tells me to come to the room. I can already hear people are crying. Mm. So in my head, I'm thinking, who could it be? Because there's four people in that room. Mm. There's my sister, there's my grandmother, there's my mother, there's my aunt. But my mother's calling me, so it's obviously not her. So could it be my grandmother? I psych myself up, I wake up, I go into, I open the door and I could see my aunt. She's purple. She's, she's normal. <laughs> Me and my aunts were best friends, like, mm. we were best friends, so my, my life just shattered on that day. Please take a tissue. Mm. Oh, sorry, sorry. Mm. Thank you. It was, like, a mess. It was a mess because she wasn't supposed to come home um, this December, but she kept on pushing, she kept on pushing. Like, no, she's gonna come home, she's gonna come home, she wants to come home. Mm. So I think maybe there's a figure's anjani, and it just needed her to be, I don't know. That's just me also just lying to myself. Mm. Um, fine. <clears throat> we had to leave the room, all of us, and we call family members. Obviously, everybody comes, comes to the house. Um, my grandmother and, oh, before, this happened, they went to some doctor, apparently, um, with COVID, it was just some dodgy ass thing, actually, because I was just so confused, because after they came back there, they were worse. Like, mm. it, it didn't make any difference. So they were supposed to go again. My grandmother and my mother were supposed to go again for that trip situation. Mm. So we sat up, we waited. Um, the people from the mortuary, they took it out, and that was alone was just traumatic. Like, I don't think I'll ever look at my house the same again after this. Mm. In fact, I think we need to move out. Um, after that, um, again, my mother starts not being able to breathe because I think she just realized that she just lost her best friend. Mm. Like, and I think if she was in a better state, she would have survived, but she was never going to survive losing her sister like that. And... I can see that this is not promising, you know, and everybody else is just so confused in the house. Like, we just, we're on a limbo, and now we're speaking to her, and we're telling mm. her that you need to fight. Like, mm. we can't lose you as well. Like, it's just not gonna, like, no, meaning gifuna. She just starts relaying how she wants her sister's funeral to be like, but we're like, but you're gonna be here, right? Mm. She's like, no but I'm not okay, so mm. you guys are obviously going to have to take control. Nobody must come into the house. This, must, this is what must happen, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, then she's like, okay, take me to, this is around four. 
on the next day, 4 a.m. She's like, take me to go shower, you know? So I'll help you. So I go with her. Um, at this point, also, like, that there's COVID. I don't have a mask on. Mm. Actually, I'm just going crazy. So while we, while, while I'm bathing her, she's like, hey, you know? And then I just start crying. I'm like, you can't do that to me, you know? She's like, no, I'm saying gosh, when she would say, yeah, but I'm Now I'm crying. And we're doing this process. She's like, okay, so I mean, we go to the room. I put on perfume. She chooses a perfume. She even puts on underwear. Like, she's so ready. Like, and then she gives me her bag. She's like, okay, now that I'm going, mm. just carry this bag with your life, you know? And then she's like, oh, okay, she gives my sister the key. She's like, no, okay, you know? So my sister's getting ready to go sort out stuff for her mother because it's 5 a.m. now. Because mm. it, it's COVID, there's a lot happening. Like, a lot of people are sick, so you have to start, like, be there early so that you can sort out funeral preparations. She leaves after my mother helps her pick an outfit for her to go for the... And there's a whole joke, or banter and whatever, you know. Then I think in Mondoya, Maya, boy, would say, hey, boy, what's your because she kept on saying, she was in shock. She kept on saying my aunt's name. I bought Tobile, 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 you know? So I'm like, let's go sit in the in the lounge because we were in her room. So we go to the lounge and now she's struggling to breathe. And I can see her der- deteriorating in front of me. She's like, no, just get me lemon water. I'm going to be fine, you know? So I'm like, Ma, you can't do this. You Like, you can't do this. And... Every, 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 like, five seconds, she keeps on screaming, hi, bo. So you can see that she's fighting. She's, mm. like, fighting with death, like, the whole time. Mm. So I'm like, okay. So I can see, now she's, she can't breathe. And I'm, I'm fanning her. I'm calling, like, everyone, like, guys, come help me. Let's take it, like, let's do something. Call an ambulance, like, do something. Ngibonu would say, no, it's not working. Um, the lemon water comes. She drinks it. After 30 minutes, this is 5 a.m., after 30 minutes, her neck just cracks, and I walk out, because now I, I don't want to see. What do you mean her neck cracks? She just, I don't know what happened. Like, I was with cousin and then like, but... Like, I don't know, hey? I actually mm-hmm. just don't know. But it's like her neck cracked, and... But she was still there. I called my sister. I'm like, come home. Don't just come home. We'll deal with that tomorrow. Come home now. She comes home. As soon as my sister walks in, she closes her eyes. And it was over. Next time on Unpacked. My dad got worse and he landed up in hospital. I felt like I was going crazy. I was so numb. The old man just complicated. For the second time in one month, we identified a second body. Sometimes I feel like my grief is, my grief is an inconvenience to people. Mm. I think it's a it's a step by step process, but eventually I think we'll we'll get there. We'll get there.
Thank you so much for watching Unpacked with Rilebukhile Mamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.